The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome, everybody, to The Second Stage. It's Brendan Anderson and Jeff Cadlick. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? We haven't, we haven't done this in a little while. You had to do the last one all by yourself. I, I did, you know what? And for some reason, it was so well organized and, and thoughtful and entertaining, I'm sure, to all of our listeners. But it wasn't any fun for you, was it? No, it was. It was no fun. That that is true. You always add that extra level of excitement, and and uh, and although you're claiming that that's your first Red Bull that you're on right now, I bet you it's not. Sometimes I lose count, Jeff. Sometimes it's hard to remember, you know, when, when you've had something, when you haven't had something. So, anyhow, hey, I have a question for you, Jeff. Shoot, just Ready? make sure it's a question I can answer. It's Friday afternoon or Monday okay. afternoon. Sorry. As a as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, when Cle- when you get out in front of such a huge lead on the Cleveland Browns and they close it down and make it really really interesting, and then Pittsburgh still wins, is that still a win in a Pittsburgh Steelers? fans eyes or is it is it kind of like is it is it more of a loss <laughs> it's more of a loss actually uh <laughs> okay I'm I, just I, I do i do think that there is some level of uh disappointment even in pittsburgh that the browns haven't been able to get their act together for so long because the rivalry isn't that fun and what was the statistic that you threw out about ben roethlisberger before the game well, you being a Miami grad, I figured that you would get a kick out of the fact that he was 19 and one before that game, and I suspect doing the quick math, he's 20 and one now. But still, it was close, right? Right? <laughs> it was close. So. I do think that there was some nail biting going on, and to be honest with you, uh, Brian Hoyer in Cleveland is a great story. He's a local guy, uh, went to a local high school, and uh, he's made good. And uh, you know, I, I would love to see him play well for 14 games out of the year. Okay, I got you. I like that. That's good. I take fourteen. I take fourteen and two. You know, we'd still probably win the division. And anyways, anyhow, I just thought that was but a fun question. But you lose the playoffs, which is which is awful. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, at least that's a that's a step up, Jeff. That's a step up. Yeah. Um, so, Brendan, I, I want to tell you about uh, our guests. You you were out on assignment, uh, as I explained it, you know, to our audience. Good. And good. what uh, was my assignment? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, you went out and you saw our, our guest today, uh, Rich Manders, who's the founder and CEO of Third Eye Coaching, uh, and and you can talk about that. You guys normally seem to hook up in Montreal, but that'll be a whole other discussion. I'm not sure how much of that you can share. It's all top secret no. EO stuff. Great, but great our guest while you were gone. The, uh, 
great thing about being on the uh, the uh, radio, the, those kind of radio we're on, is you can just share everything. You know what I mean? I don't think they bleep anything, do they? No, no, anyways, go ahead. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, um, anyway, well, we're transparent. That's one of our goals here. Uh, leading so core value. We, yeah. That's right. So we don't we don't bleep anything. Uh, anywho, uh, so our guest while you were gone was Dr. Jeff DeGraff, who you can find at www.jeffdegraff.com. And Jeff is a professor of management and organization at the Ross School of Business, uh, which is the University of Michigan. Uh, he is an author, speaker, and advisor to hundreds of top organizations in the world using the competing values framework, which he uh, co-created. And, uh, and he's an author, and he has this new book called Making Stone Soup. And uh, Jeff was extremely entertaining, and uh, they call him the Dean of Innovation because of all the uh, research and work and speaking that he does around around innovation, and I would encourage our listeners to to listen to that because he has an enormous following. I'm not sure I've ever been retweeted more in my entire life than when we started tweeting about Jeff DeGraff. So oh, that's, that's awesome. exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I don't get, re- I don't get retweeted I'm, very often. I may listen to your show. <laughs> well, you know what I normally do around smart people, and I don't want you to take this at offense because I talk around you a lot, is that when yeah. I find somebody really interesting and intelligent, I don't say a lot for two reasons. One, I want to hear what they have to say, and two, I don't want them to realize that I'm not that smart. Gotcha. Gotcha. You so so let's talk about Rich Manders because he is a friend of the firm uh, and he is uh, uh, obviously highly successful. Otherwise, we wouldn't hang out with him, right? And uh, the, today's show really is about investing in your management teams and investing in your management team pays off. Uh, and, uh, you know, we saw a, a survey out recently um, by a uh, – it was called Tiny Pulse, tinypulse.com. And it said, in a recent Tiny Pulse survey of seven vital trends disrupting today's workplace, transparency was listed as the number one factor contributing to an employee's happiness and subsequently their engagement. The study reported that on average – most managers are doing a decent job of talking with their team about roles and responsibilities. However, only 42% of employees admitted to knowing their organization's vision. Yikes. Yeah, I know. You know, it's, it's, it, you know Jeff, it's, it's, I know we've talked about this in the past, um, that transparency, I think every entrepreneur we talk to says they, they are being transparent. And, and I think even you and I go above and beyond to try to be as transparent as we can. And even that uh, isn't you know, often enough. And even that, you know, that's why we, go, we fall back to a process to ensure that people are in a spot where they can ask clarifying questions. They can, they can raise their hand and, and, and say, I don't fully understand this because most entrepreneurs, uh, I know, like you and I, um, find ourselves, you know, you know we, we, we say something passionately. We just assume everybody sees what we see. And it takes a lot longer uh, to do it. And it takes many more times uh, to repeat it. But say seven or eight times before people actually uh, stop and listen, stop and hear, I guess, what you're, uh, what you're saying. Yeah, I never thought that I would fall into one of those, uh, you know, manager leaders where uh, the people that I was working with didn't uh, 
were not on the same page or didn't understand exactly what the vision was that that you know we were painting, and we were those people. Uh, you know, the folks around here at Evolution. Uh, until we started using our our entrepreneurial operating system process, um, uh, they were not on the same page, and you and I were on the same page, but nobody else was, and so uh, that was scary. The other thing that's funny that I always hear entrepreneurs talk about is what they say: "Well, we've got an open door policy," and this is something that we've talked about at length. And the problem with an open door policy is is you still become still are a bottleneck. And the line out your door just gets longer as the organization grows. And so transparency is key because it educates the people around you and makes them decision makers, which, again, uh, relieves the bottleneck and allows the business to really grow. And as I like to say, get more than 24 hours out of a 24-hour day. That's what I like to say. Yeah, and I think the, and, and the way I say it is that you know every entrepreneur, including you and us, when we when we first when we first get started, believes that we can out hustle people and we can um, you know if we, we just work harder, we work more hours, we work late in the night, which we still do. Um, uh, but but uh, you know that, that you'll that you'll outperform the your competitors, and the fact of the matter is, eventually you run out of time, and eventually the you know you add one one more person in the in its in its in the in the level of communication every time you add a person gets gets uh, marketably more difficult because you have to keep that person not only in, in the in the in sync with what you're thinking about but also what everybody else is doing with the, and what they're thinking about yeah, I will say one thing uh, about rich Manders as you know he's uh, in a forum group an EO uh, uh, injected forum group that I'm in probably the last uh, four years four or five years uh, rich is a guy that uh, really um, early in his career uh, embraced all of these kinds Concepts. I think he's read every. If you re- look at the number of books the guy's read on this topic, it's it's overwhelming. And more importantly, as uh, he's actually gone out there and done it. I mean, it's amazing to see uh, a plan that he put together, and I'm guessing 12, 13 years ago, and what he turned that business from zero in, you know, into a into an 80 plus million dollar business. And so, all I can say is that you know, Rich is in the business of now sharing that um, that knowledge with entrepreneurs, and I. There isn't a better person out there that knows this subject, that's passionate about the small business, that um, that you know that you can you know, talk to, that uh, you know, quite frankly hire to uh, to help you do this. And, and um, um, it's just you know really it's it's hard to find people that have been this successful and care this much about uh, care this much and also know as much about this subject. I mean, really, an pretty impressive uh, knowledge base. One other thing, Jeff, what happens when you start a company? And you grow it to a decent size, and um, and then you know you, you sell it and you become a coach. What's the next thing you do? You run the Ironman Ironman Triathlon. So uh, I know that I know, I know that you just you just finished a half, which is fantastic. But we'll have to uh, we'll have to ask him about uh, you know finishing the other half of the uh, of the triathlon. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to ask. I, I want to know what happens that other half that I never got to see. <laughs> but I, it's probably but I do it's probably I, pretty ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to congratulate you on the half, though. That was uh, that's an accomplishment. That's a you know it's yeah. it's halfway to it's halfway to rich, right? Yeah, it's ha- it's half rich. Uh, I will say this uh, that that when you're swimming in Lake Erie in a storm, as it was, it's not really swimming; it's more survival. 
<laughs> they pulled 60 people from the water. Uh, so anyway, so let's talk a little bit more about Rich. I'm going to give his official uh, bio here, and then we're going to break uh, because, as I understand it, he is waiting to to speak with us. But Rich is the founder and CEO of Third Eye Coaching uh, and is a serial entrepreneur. He's dedicated to helping fellow entrepreneurs realize their vision through coaching and development backed by more than 30 years of experience. Mr. Manders co-founded iAutomation, leading the organization from zero dollars in sales to becoming the industry leader with 140 employees and nearly 80 million in sales. iAutomation proves profitable from quarter three onward for more than 15 years at five to 10 times the industry average. Wow. Uh, Rich successfully sold iAutomation to the leading middle market private equity firm Riverside Company, who we know very well and, and have quite a bit of respect for. Uh, following the sale, he worked with Riverside to grow the company eightfold. He has played key roles in seven acquisitions and dozens of evaluations. Rich has a deep understanding of how to value, qualify for strategic fit, merge, optimize, and grow combined enterprises. As a lifelong learner and Ironman, he has attended hundreds of (laughs) seminars and worked with many thought leaders on business management, sales, personal development, coaching, people skills, and negotiation. And uh, wow, that is a lot. I hope to have. Uh, I hope my my bio someday is about. I guess half that good. Get it? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. It's good though. And you're, I think you're almost half that good. Almost, right? Come on. Almost, almost. So uh, I want to quickly thank our sponsor, McGladry LLP. They're a leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide, with more than six thousand seven hundred people in seventy-five U.S. cities. And with that, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be with our guest, Rich Manners, founder and CEO of Third Eye Coaching. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings of the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america this is davis love the third Ryder cup captain and team mcgladry member McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. We're also here with our guest, Rich Manders. He is the founder and CEO of Third Eye Coaching, which can be found at www.iiicoach.com. That's iiicoach.com. And uh, we read Rich's bio uh, in the first segment, which is good because we wouldn't have enough time in the second segment uh, if we had to reread it. <laughs> so, Rich, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it and uh, anxious to get your, your insights uh, uh, this afternoon. Thank you for having me. Nice to join you guys Hey, Rich. Again. Hey, Rich, um, th- you welcome and thanks again for joining us. Um, I, uh, I, I, I mentioned uh, dur- during the break and so forth, yeah, you were going to tell Jeff what the uh, second half of the Iron Man felt like? <laughs> twice as much pain. Twice, at least twice, twice as much, right? Twice I mean, come as much on, once you go that longer. far. Well, no, I think the second half is, hurts twice as much as the first half. So All right, a, good. A I like that. I like that. And, <laughs> and, compared to, and compared to an Olympic, is it 10 times or 20 times? Uh, probably around 10, I would guess. Okay. Oh, good. Uh, okay. I've, yeah, I've d- I've done two of them now, so I can I can say with some certainty two Ironmen. All right. And then you uh, did with, you did an you did an Ironman, and then a couple weeks later you did the half, right, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks later. Pansy. Anyways, hey, we're here to talk about investing in your management team, and uh, I, you know, and, and we obviously talked about how you were able to grow your business, or actually talked about that, the fact that you grew your, grew your business. And, and I just was going to maybe kind of start off with the, what stage should an entrepreneur or founder begin to focus on developing the management team? Well, they first have to have one, and so one of the interesting parts is when you're in startup mode, uh, what the business is about and how it works is apparent to everyone around because you're all hands on deck. But as soon as you start to get to the spot where there's people with functional accountability, whether it's customer service or purchasing or manufacturing, et cetera, once you have that level where people are now not involved with every aspect of the business, that's really where you have to start, in my opinion. So so give me an idea like when you knew in your business where that was. I mean, was that – a little more detail of that, that kind of aha sure. moment, or at least when you started realizing you're on a treadmill. Yeah, well, so um, probably one of the first ads we made was someone to answer the phone and take orders over the phone. And we started to see that they really didn't get what was going on. They didn't get what was happening in the business. And we quickly realized that they weren't connected like we were to how the business worked or how it grew and what really mattered to the customers and to us. And once we saw that, we realized there was this need to get get them trained on how the business works and how we make money and how uh, what, what the expectation of customers are so that they were able to see the bigger picture in their in their business. How, how, how did you do that? I mean, because I, and I'm going a little off script here, but how did that, well, a lot off script, but how did... How do you train somebody that in, in that position to understand what you're doing? Um, really, it starts with operational transparency, 
right? So we always, I'm a big fan of open book management. And so I would talk about it every meeting. So we had a regular communication rhythm of having uh, daily and weekly and monthly and quarterly huddles in our business. And during that time, I would talk about what's going on with the business in terms of how much money we're borrowing, what uh, what we're doing with the money, how we're uh how we how we make money, how we spend the money, making sure that everybody understood how that works, and especially when it comes to the financing aspect of the business, people think you're making a lot of money, but sometimes that really isn't the case because you're uh, recovering from your startup costs, which was our case in the beginning. And so I spent a lot of time explaining to the staff, "Here's how we work. This is where our goals are, and here's." Here's some of the restrictions that we're under with, you know, loan payments and covenants and how we plan to pay that money back so we can move to a stronger position. Once you get through that real basic stuff, then you can start to talk about the higher level thinking of the why and how and what of what the business is doing. But first, you have to understand it at just the basic level. What do you see? I mean, and obviously you're, you're blessed now that you get to look at lots of uh, little businesses and work with uh, work with and some little, some big it, with with uh, with the managers. What do you see as the biggest hurdles when it comes to developing people in the in these companies? So the biggest one is time, right? So everybody's business. I, the most common issue I hear when I say you need to train your staff is we don't have time for that. We're too busy. Uh, making widgets, getting them out the door, et cetera, collecting the money. And the counter that I have to that is that you're really sliding sideways or maybe even going backwards if people don't fundamentally understand what's going on in your business. Um, so we always took the approach that we would spend that energy to teach the staff why we did things the way we did, how it worked, and what the impact was throughout the business. And that had this really interesting effect on the way that they think because really the end game with training is to get your line staff, the people who are making decisions every day, take those decisions out of your hands and get those line people to make the same decision you would make if you were sitting in that spot without you there. And that's really where you get leverage in your business. That's where all the juice is because now these folks understand the whole picture and they can make it happen. As it relates to the time issue, really it's just chunking it up into little small segments. So an example that we used to do was anybody who was new in our company, we would walk them through the process of a very simple business to start with. So we would create a bagel shop where you would start with, I'm gonna, I need to buy an oven and some dough and, and, uh, some bowls and so on. And then we would walk them through that process of, we're gonna make a batch of bagels. We're gonna, and then we're gonna sell them. And we would look at the income statements, the balance sheet, and probably most importantly, the cash flow through that in a very, very simple business. So they got the base business concept of what that was. And it was a really fun exercise for them. And then you did, could did keep you, expanding. Did it. you do that yourself, or did you did you want uh, somebody in your staff do that, or did you? In the beginning, I did. Um, I created the materials, and then later on, I taught other people how to do that as the business got bigger. Wow, 
I'm sorry for cutting you off. I was just okay. Um, I, you were midstream oh, no in another thought. The so so in the bagel shop example, um, like how, how I mean, it, it's you know it seems like is that something that you guys did for a half an hour a week, or you did for a week up front, or give me an idea of what the how long that, was, that was, took, and then what was. Yeah, it was typically a half an hour a week. We would uh, chip away at it, like we, and you would use some pretty interesting principles. So there's that startup part where you have to borrow some money to buy all the equipment and make things happen, and you see what happens with cash flow that you lay out a lot of money, but you don't receive it for a, a while. And then we would add the idea of hiring a salesperson to go around and sell bagels. Now we're paying that person's salary but they're not selling right away. They're building relationships and, and getting to the spot where they get an order and what that does to the business. And then later on, you'd introduce the idea that that salesman was good and he just landed the contract for the entire school district of the town that they're in. And now all of a sudden you have to figure out how you're going to make thousands of bagels a week in a business that was designed for hundreds and what that does to the business. And those Examples help them see what's going on, and we would have ones where what happens if they, you have a customer go bankrupt, and how does that affect the business, and so on. So we just kept building on what is a pretty simple principle. But interestingly enough, even in my coaching business, I would say that less than 50% of the CEOs that I've met through coaching and through EO can really explain how cash flow works. And when you think about the way that most businesses get into trouble, it's by not paying attention to that. Boy, I tell you, Rich, I, 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 I guess my gut feeling would be uh, 50-50 is probably about right, but it's, it is amazing how often that entrepreneurs have been able to kind of you know, grow their business to a certain level without ever understanding that. Just, uh, they, just they have enough, enough feel for where they can pull, pull cash from, whether it's a receivable or something and, or stretch payables, but it's, it's a, it really is unbelievable um, how that mm-hmm. is. Did, did, how, how long did you and – um, and I'll move on from this one – but how long did you continue that? Was that a – I mean, it, were, it, was it something that was continuous? Did you try to do you know, kind of a half an, hour, a half an hour a week forever or was it something that you just would bring in new people for a year or so? Well, there is a pro- – so we created a training continuum in our business that new people would start at the top of the continuum and we were constantly adding to the bottom of the continuum – more and more advanced topics further down, higher-end financial concepts, uh, how to come up with uh, strategic planning, uh, marketing mm-hmm. concepts, et cetera. To, in, in the end, the way I viewed my job as the CEO of the company was really to build the value of our employees in the marketplace, which was good for us and good for them. So we had a, a shared destiny together. And then... My, the other half of that job was to always make sure that I was compensating them a little bit higher than anybody else would so that I could retain that person. It is hard work. It takes a lot of dialogue and a lot of energy, but when you put that energy into the staff, you tend to get it back most times. That's pretty neat. Um, what are... Uh what what are, kind of moving on to uh, ways in which entrepreneurs and founders can help uh, help their people work better and smarter and um, in that sort of thing? What uh, you have any insight on that? Well, you know, there's it, it's it takes a lot of energy to put together this kind of training, 
But there's a lot of stuff that you can find that's, you know, out in the marketplace that's either free or is um, relatively inexpensive for the value that you get out of it. Uh, so there's an awful lot of YouTube videos that explain uh, neat business concepts, including uh, strategic thinking and, and cash flow and so on. There's a, there's a lot of stuff you can find out there. We uh, also use the uh, Gazelle's Growth Institute website, which has a lot of thought leaders. I think it's about a it's a relatively small monthly fee to be a member, and we use those as uh, educational pieces with our clients, and they use that with their staff. Um, and did you did you use Gazelle's when in the beginning of uh, of iAutomation? Yeah. No, it okay. didn't exist. That's why I had to create all that myself. Uh, today, I can find <laughs> a lot of the things that I, I I now could borrow from somebody else. Jeff and I tried to do that. We just kept spinning our wheels, so we decided that we would uh, go out and you know and lease or rent somebody else's on a monthly basis. It's uh, got a, it was a lot easier. So you were uh, miles ahead of us. Um, the how and how how heavily do you on your clients now? How heavily do you lean on a, a process like Gazelle's? Um, it's well. It's really important to have a framework for your thinking, and probably most importantly, a rhythm to your process of thinking and debating and talking about what you're doing and how well it's going and what adjustments need to be made. So that's the top level is this rhythm that runs through your business, a heartbeat, if you will, and making sure that as part of that heartbeat that there is this continuous improvement training element to the to that rhythm so that people are feeling appreciated and uh, that they're growing. Well, you know, Rich, we're going to take a quick break here because uh, we're kind of over our segment, but we will certainly be back. I did want to remind everyone that each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. We want to hear from you and what works and what doesn't. We want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. You can also email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our guest, Rich Manners, founder and CEO of Third Eye Coaching. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. 
When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance, tax, consulting. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with Brendan Anderson. Uh, this is our show, but it is a forum, so we're looking for input from you so that we can benefit from everyone's experience. You can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. We are back with our guest, Rich Manners, founder and CEO of Third Eye Coaching, which can be found at www.iiicoach.com. Uh, Rich, uh, we cut you off last time. We were on a roll uh, with a lot of great information. And uh, um, Brennan, I, I want you to continue the, the thought process there. Yeah, just quickly, let's go back to gazelles and, and you know your you know how you thought of kind of creating a, a you know system that was that was similar to you know the kind of the predecessor to gazelles. And how did that come to mind? How was there something you had read leading up to that? How did how did you discover gazelles? Um, actually, it was at a uh, EO event. I went to an EO event in New York City. It was the university, and Bern Harnish, who was the uh, creator of the and the founder of gazelles, um, was introducing his book. It actually hadn't quite made it into print, called uh, Mastering the Rockefeller Habit. And I had had a couple businesses prior to uh, this one, which uh, I Automation. When I sat through that seminar. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I've been searching for all these years is a frame, just a framework, plug this all into and a process. And so I took that process and framework and built it into my business. And it was a game changer for me personally because it made the business run better with, you know, whether I was there or not. Back to that same idea, you want to give people that the knowledge that they that they need in order to make the decision you would have made in that place. That's one benefit, but probably the bigger one um, is there, there was a book, I can't remember how many years ago it came out by a guy named Daniel Pink called Drive, and he mm-hmm. did a lot of research on the science of motivation and money or and also the carrot and stick mentality that worked well in the 20th century does not really work in the 21st century. There's really these three elements of motivation that if you can tag these, get people to go far beyond what they will do in a normal job. And that's uh, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And so if you teach how your business works and why it's there and what the strategic thinking is behind it, they get that first piece, which is they get the purpose. If you teach them how to make decisions and let them do that. Sometimes making mistakes, you give them autonomy. And mastery happens from doing it over and over again. And if you can get that magic triangle of those three things right, 
you will get two to three times the energy, the, uh, the passion, and the drive out of your staff, and that's been a huge competitive advantage in the marketplace. Yeah, that's uh, got me. I, I like it. Hey, uh, Rich, one of the, you uh, were very creative on a, on a move, and I don't know how early it was in your company's life where you made a, a move to grab a little bit of scale and, and also some management depth. And how it, how important was your partnership with Wayne and and um, and kind of combining the two businesses? Maybe tell the audience about maybe why you did that and what you saw there, and kind of how it helped you guys, you know, kind of accelerate your growth. Sure. Um, like, like every human being, you come with a set of strengths and weaknesses. And um, there's a uh, theory, there's a, a well-known uh, Harvard professor that, uh, her name is Frances Frey, she wrote Uncommon Service. And one of her things that she uh, talks about a lot is this concept of two in a box. So that uh, the, the leader of the business, you can't really get all the characteristics that you need in one person. You need someone who is uh, a visionary and a relationship builder and uh, uh, passion, and then you need someone who can actually execute and drive forward and is metrics-driven. And with Wayne and I, we really had that combination tied down very well. Where I was weak, he was strong. Where I was strong, he was weaker. And we were able to uh, leverage that strength way beyond what the synergies of having the two businesses together were. Uh, it also made it so that there was someone else in the business that you would be able to take a vacation and be able to spread that risk around a little bit as well in case something happened to either one of us. How did you – when you – was that something you were looking to do or was that something that, that, um, that, that, you, that you kind of fell into? Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe maybe we'll go on to why why yeah. is leadership development and organization a win win? You know, so basically, you know, you know, I think we know the answer, but maybe just touch briefly. I mean, obviously, um, you know, when you're developing your leadership, how does it you know help the not only the organization but the employees, and quite frankly, probably the community around them? Right, right. And so, what's the question, brother? Well, I, I was just going to say, you know, it, it's. Um, Let's let me change the question because I think I know the answer to that one. You know, when when you're when you're when you're say you're when you you guys got going and you you kind of got up to the twenty thirty employees. Um, mm-hmm. When when um, what I think I hear you saying is that you you started when uh, when a new when a person a new uh, employee came on you had a training program for even the the lowest the the brand new and lowest level employees. Is that right? That's correct. So we did and, we had a, an operating manual for every job in our company that was very detailed, along with kind of a general operating manual of how the business worked, and then a training continuum that was very detailed, had hundreds of lines in it of what we would teach you over your career with us. And we would ship away at that list on a regular basis. Is that in, – in, in and then you're chipping away at the list, and then obviously you talk about this this kind of training continuum. So as they as they progressed, you just you basically introduce them to to more stuff. How does how does how does Gazelle's well how how does does in, in the Gazelle's system um, is there a is there a continuously tra- is there a continuous training program that's part of Gazelle's? Well, learning is definitely part of it. Um, so okay. yes. 
it's a, a piece of the puzzle that you are constantly upgrading your skills. Uh, one of the main gazelles taglines is the business, businesses that outlearn the competition win. And if you think about today's fast-paced environment, what's true today is not true in sometimes months or weeks or years. And if you're not keeping up with the latest business practices and with the, uh, the, the thought leaders in the space, and that you operate in and in the business world at large, you can find yourself outflanked quickly by a competitor that has figured out some angle you can't see. All right, I have a question. Jeff's a finance guy. I don't know if, I, if I've ever told you that. I guess you knew that. But uh, um, when you're, you know, you, you talk to finance people um, about, you know, kind of making this big investment in your people and so forth, is there a, is there a way you can measure the return on that? on that effort or time or money? Yeah, there's a few things. Some are more concrete than others. Uh, The number one view, which is maybe a little tricky to measure, is the number of right decisions that are being made down line. And so when I was uh, CEO of the company, it would be how many times I ended up having to get involved with transactions that went the wrong way, right? Because if uh, the training is working right, they will make the right decision down the line that I would have made. And so there is no need for me to step in because it's the right call. Um, one of the biggest diseases in a business that I've seen is that they become very dependent on one person. Uh, and typically that's the CEO. They started the business because they were really good at it. And they become the hub of every decision that happens in the in the company, and what happens is you hit a wall, a ceiling of complexity, if you will, where the leader just cannot make enough decisions in a day to keep up with the success of the business. And if you don't take care of that ahead of time, it's a very painful curve to get through. Um, Other ways to measure direct ROI on your uh, training investment would be looking at retention, because back to what I mentioned about Daniel Pink's work, if you're feeling that you're part of uh, something bigger and you have control of your own situation and so on, you'll tend to stick around uh, and that you're learning. That's really important part of it. Uh, I'm a big fan of using the ENPS, which stands for Employee Net Promoter Score. Again, that's uh, the way that works is basically you just ask one question of your staff and you poll them regularly and look at where that, that's going directionally. And the question is simply, how likely would you be to recommend working for iAutomation to a family member, friend, or a colleague? And depending on how you score on that, which directly relates to satisfaction, that's telling you that that investment in training is working, that people are happy and feeling like they're moving forward. Well, that, that, along with the other stuff that's easy to measure, like are we making profits and are we not having a lot of waste and so on. I like the, the, the employee promoter score. Jeff, write that down. I have one other question, Jeff, and, and, I, and I hold you to that. When, well, um, as far as you know um, – how often in your coaching business, Rich, do you run into uh, CEOs that are that believe they're being transparent, that believe they're being open, that believe that they're broadcasting the vision of the business, and you, from a coaching perspective, realize that they're not close to getting any of that stuff done? Most of 
most of the time. <laughs> I didn't expect <laughs> Maybe discuss that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that well, one's I succinct. Think, I, yeah. You know, there, and I think that was true for me, too. Uh, is I, you know, I've had coaches before, and you, you can't – one of the challenges of being a leader of a business is that there's really nobody who's questioning you and testing you about what you're doing, saying, and executing on. And so it, and the folks who are around you as a general rule, they're all dependent on you for their paycheck. So they tend to not want to give you direct negative feedback for the things that you're not doing well. And so you get caught in this place where there's this vacuum and you think you're doing great because nobody's saying anything, but they're not saying anything because they're afraid to or that they're not comfortable saying something. So what I try to do is break that piece, uh, break down that wall, partially by questioning and partially by uh, we, most of the clients that I start working with. One of the first things I do is send out an anonymous survey to the staff that contains that net promoter score along with questions about uh, what's going well, what's not going well, what did the company start doing and stop doing and keep doing and things like that so that I get this unbiased view of the company that I can then go back to the leaders of the business and say, this is what people are really thinking. And most times, there's a relatively big gap between what the perception is and what reality is. Hmm. Uh, that's that's great, great insight. And, it's, there. And, it's, uh, and it goes along with exactly what we've, we see you know, on a regular basis, but probably not with the, with the level of detail that Rich has, but... Right. Well, and, that, and uh, that's where you get to plug in that autonomy and mastery and ability to be part of your, you know, to understand the purpose of the business. That's where the work comes. Hey, uh, uh, I've got one one question, Rich, and then we've uh, we've got to uh, take another break. But um, yeah, I was actually asked this week by an entrepreneur that runs uh, uh, Rockefeller Habits. And he was asking me when he thought he should or what size should his organization be before he transitions into uh, an EOS. Uh, do you have a feel for that? Does, does he need to? Or is there a certain employee level? Do you think he should ever transi- transition out of Rockefeller Habits if he's already been using it? Sure. Um, I, well, first of all, from my perspective, EOS and uh, Rockefeller Habits are about the same thing. They're based off of the same uh, Jim Collins work and uh, and a bunch of others that the process and the program are relatively the same. There's a few different pieces. Rockefeller Habits kind of pushes the daily huddle effort where EOS is more of a weekly rhythm, as I recall. Um, and there's uh, keeping a list of uh, action separate from, you know, or in the one-page cleanse that you're not taking action on, things like that. But overall, I'd say they're about the same. I've seen businesses up to several hundred million dollars operating on uh, both of those programs that, in the end, the main thing is, do you have a program that has a regular heartbeat to your business that everybody's discussing where things are going and how they're working and refining the strategy and making things happen on a regular basis 
Do you have strong accountability? Does everybody know what their role is in the overarching goal of the company and how it's connected? Can they tell you that they had a great week or a great month or a great year? Uh, those are common tenants across uh, those two systems and a number of other ones that are out there in the marketplace. It's more just, are you are you actually doing it? I don't know that anyone is particularly better than another. They're, as long as you're doing the effort, that's going to get you where you need to go. And what I have seen with bigger companies or companies that end up abandoning that and and going to something else, which is usually nothing. They just go to, we have an MIS system, and that's how we're going to manage the business going forward, uh, is that that what made that special falls apart. Hmm. Yeah, we hear that over and over and over again. Well, Rich, this has been, uh, once again, it's been very, very, very helpful and insightful, and we appreciate your insights. Uh, uh, We actually have to uh, take another short break here, and uh, Brendan and I will be back to talk a little bit more about investing in your management team and how it can pay off for you. And Rich uh, Manders, founder CEO of Third Eye Coaching, thank you very much for your time and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. Um, thank thanks you. for tuning thank you in. Again. Oh, you're thanks welcome. For and thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. 
Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Kadlik, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Uh, we just concluded a couple of segments with our guest, Rich Manders, founder and CEO of Third Eye Coaching, www.iiicoach.com. And, uh, you know, what Brendan was talking about when we were off air is – how uh, how well Rich retains all of what he has learned over the years, and uh, and and Rich of course reminded us that this is what he does for a living now, and uh, has the bandwidth to to remember all this sort of stuff. But it, it's amazing that that uh, he was talking about all these things and coming to the same. Uh, conclusions that we see over and over and over again when we're talking to small business owners. I think he says it better than we do. <laughs> but he get there faster, doesn't he? In a kind of a pretty good way. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. You know, and Jeff, I'll tell you, you know, Rich was being nice when we were talking about that because I've no, I knew him obviously when he was still running iAutomation and he, you know, he, he was still reading all these books and so forth. And honestly, he is, uh, you know, from a coaching perspective, I think about the advice he's given me over the last four or five years in our forum group. Uh, it's always uh, succinct, thoughtful, well, well planned out, and it's and they're always zingers. You know, they're always kind of like, you know, Brendan, do you really, you know, that's not true? Or you know, I I remember when we were talking about our X factor, and I think you and I've talked about this in a prior show, and he just said to me, Brendan, that's that's not your X factor. You know, your X factor is you invest in these little businesses, and that you're willing to, you know, kind of embrace those little businesses. And that was kind of an aha moment for me. So, you know, what I wouldn't, what I would encourage is I, I think if, if you are out there considering hiring a coach, which is based in Connecticut um, and, uh, you know, so I think West or East Coast is best, but um, he, literally you, you, you cannot catch up you could spend the next 25, 30 years reading all the books, doing all the things, and you wouldn't catch up. So it's a – I personally believe that the investment in somebody like Rich is a, is a no-brainer. Um, and obviously, I've had exposure to him for four or five years, and it's uh, – you know, he really, really knows his stuff and is not afraid to tell you, you know, what, what – you know what he sees, like he was talking about. You know the owners and uh, not being able to see that they're not being transparent and so forth. So um, he walks the walk. That's all I can say. As you can tell, I'm a, I'm a believer, Jeff. Can you tell? Yeah, no, and you know it follows the theory or the theme that we've always had is is if you, if you can simplify something or, or move faster by making a relatively small investment, then you ought to, you ought to move forward. When we talk about insurance brokers, when we talk about uh, uh, experts that you bring in in complex situations to simplify it, you know, I think that uh, it's always worth the investment. And candidly, that's why entrepreneurs work with evolution. They're doing the math in their head of – can I move faster, farther with Evolution as a partner uh, with their experience and with their capital and with their network than if I continue to try to slog it out on my own? And I would say the same analogy would go for somebody that's not necessarily looking to take on a, a partner that has capital, but a partner that can kind of streamline your organization. Can I uh, advance my business faster, farther by making a relatively small investment with somebody guy like Rich? No, I, I agree. Uh, you know, when it comes to management, Jeff, invest to be best. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's good. That, now that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm. That's bringing it home. <laughs> Bring it home. 
Bring it we home. Any alcohol we're circling, yet. The, we're circling the last corner here. Yeah. All right, we want to have passion for possibilities, and that's what Brendan's talking about. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's show, and join us again next Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, and we're going to continue to dive in best practices for small businesses. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.